0: This morning we want to spend a few moments with the Apostle Paul uh, looking at some of the things he wrote to the Corinthian church. Uh, We'll be reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Let's be standing to hear this, the Word of God. Paul writes, It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, We also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. The Word of God. Oh, good. It is good to see you guys all together. If you don't know someone, meet them, okay? And uh, if it's someone maybe that's been attending here as long as you have, well then, uh, as we're going to talk about in our lesson today, we give grace on that. I spend a lot of time with the Apostle Paul, uh, reading the things that he wrote, thinking about his life and ministry, especially as it's described in the book of Acts, So, in some ways, Paul and I have become good friends, which is somewhat strange because if you think about it, we have so many differences in our lives. Paul lived in a totally different time, different culture, a culture that I would find very foreign and strange. Paul was a man who, as far as we know, did not have a family, maybe was never married didn't have children, and poor Paul didn't have any grandchildren. He was a man who uh, didn't own a house, didn't really have any place to call home, never drove a car, didn't have a smartphone, never worked on a computer. He was a man who could walk into a huge city and go to the busiest place in that city, the marketplace, and just begin preaching. That kind of blows my mind. He was able to endure imprisonment, beatings, hunger. But I want to tell you what impresses me about Paul the most, and that I have a little bit of trouble identifying with was how he handled rejection. It just amazes me how Paul could meet with some of the attitudes that people threw at him, and yet he could just keep on going. For example, this church in Corinth, this church to which he wrote these letters, what we call 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians... This church, he was involved in establishing that church. He gave a good portion of his life and of his energy and of himself in getting that church up and going and functioning. And yet, as we come to reading, especially 2 Corinthians, we find that many people in that church were saying to him, Paul, we don't need you anymore. And Paul We don't even like you anymore. I want to tell you, if the majority of you walk by, and I know this is dangerous, but I usually stand at that door back there after services, and if enough of you walk by and say, I don't like you, and I wish you would leave, I'll probably be gone. (laughs) Yet Paul wasn't like that. Paul hung on to that church. And why? What gave him the ability? What gave him the desire to hang on like that? You know, we live in a time when fewer and fewer people are really seeing the value of church. You don't have to read the polls to know that fewer people see that really it is necessary and a good thing to stay connected to a church. How many of you got in a traffic jam this morning driving to church? Isn't it true that when you head out on Sunday morning, it's a lot less traffic than there is on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday? People these days are struggling with seeing perhaps the relevance of church and what it is that, that they need to be there for and why to be involved. And we who work in ministry try really hard to convince people of what the church is and why they need to have a church family. And we work really hard at trying to bring people and get them connected into the church family. But I have a confession to make. One thing I've learned in my years of ministry, it's a lot easier to run people off than it is to get them to come. And sometimes I kind of wonder if maybe I'm not better at running people off than I am at getting them to come. It seems like it doesn't take much. Dot, you'll remember this story. I remember as a young minister getting a call from an angry mother We were having a party for the high school kids, a party, and we had sent out invitations to all the high school kids in some way. I don't know if her son's invitation got lost in the mail, if it just was overlooked. It was just a mistake, but her son did not get an invitation to the party, and she called me up and said, I will never go to church again. How dare you leave my son out? And no amount of explanation or apologies would do. As far as I know, that woman has never stepped foot in a church building again. Didn't take much, did it? So many times we can find a reason not to be connected, not to be involved. Why is it that Paul hung on like this with people trying to push him away? Why is it that Paul said, the only way you're going to get me out of this church is to drag me out, and when you do, you're going to see the marks of my fingers in the floor as you drag me out? Well, that's what this text is about, or at least one of the things that this text is about today. Paul talking about what is going on in church What is going on in the kingdom of God that is so vital that he is going to be a part of it no matter what? If you want to open your Bibles and begin reading with me again in our text, he begins by saying this, and I can imagine that he was saying it very slowly and very deliberately as he dictated these words. We have the same spirit of faith as the psalmist had the one who wrote these words, I believed, and so I spoke. We too believe, and so we just have to speak. Kind of reminds me of what Peter said whenever the authorities, after imprisoning him and saying, do not speak in the name of Jesus anymore. He said, we cannot but speak of the things we have seen and heard. Paul is saying, I am so consumed with the message about Jesus Christ. I think about it all the time that I've just got to talk about it. It's what's on my mind. It's what's in my heart. And whatever's on our minds and in our heart is just going to come out. I'm reminded of a story my roommate back in college days told me one time that after Christmas break, he came back and said, you'll never believe what I did. And I said, what you doing? He said, well, I got a new sweater for Christmas and I just thought it was the coolest sweater that ever. I put that sweater on. I thought I looked so good. So I drove over to my girlfriend's house. And I just knew that the first thing that whoever answers the door is going to say is, what a beautiful sweater you have on. Wow, that is the coolest sweater. And so her mother opened the door, and she said, hello. And I said, thank you. I just got it for Christmas. (laughs) If that's what we're thinking about, if that's what's on our hearts, that's what's going to come out. One more little side, I feel like chasing rabbits today. I read, a, I read a, a one time, a long time ago, a definition of praise. We, we talk a lot about praise services today and giving praise to God. And this definition keeps kind of rumbling around in my head. You, you know what praise is? Praise is what happens when you think about God long enough that you have to say something. You can't just say, okay, we're going to have praise and let's go. If we haven't been thinking about him, if we haven't really been meditating on him and considering him, and praise happens when you spend that time of thinking about him, living with him, that as soon as you open your mouth, you've got to say something about him. Well, this is kind of what Paul is saying here. He says, our faith is so strong, and this is such an important part of my life that if I open my mouth, I've got to talk about it. Well, what is the message that he wants to say? What is it that's always just going to keep coming out of his mouth? He says this, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus. Wow, talk about the Bible, the gospel, condensed into one beautiful sentence. To have this kind of hope, that the one who raised Jesus is going to raise us also. That goes every direction at once. It's talking about right now. Those of us who struggle through life, those of us who have a difficult time day by day by day, that when we come to Jesus and experience the resurrection power that is found in his life, then we have the strength and the life and the power to continue living and to live on again. That's resurrection now, that we know for a fact that the one who raised him from the dead is going to give us that ability to keep on living and to keep on going. But beyond that, we know the one that raised him from the dead is going to one day call our name and we will rise from that grave to live forevermore. That is the basic hope of our faith. You young folks, you don't know how fast this life goes by. <laughs> you just don't. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you've got a lot of great strengths, and we love you dearly, and we wish we had your energy. And we, you know, But you don't know how fast this life goes by. And that promise, that as you begin to reach the end of it, that that's not all there is. That would become more and more dear to you as every month and every year goes by. We have this promise that there is one who is able to conquer death. The death we die daily and the death that one day will come to us all and we will rise again. This is what Paul has to talk about. But not only that, that's not really his major point here. He goes on to say, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus, and he will bring us with you into his presence. There it is. Look around. No, I'm serious. Look around. Move your head. Look around. See, all these folks in this room, I know we're rejoicing that we're in the same room at the same time together today. Look around. When you stand before the throne of God and in the presence of Jesus, these are some of the same people you're going to see. He is going to bring us together, he says. With you To that Corinthian church, the one that's saying, Oh, you're not that cool, Paul. Oh, you're not really an apostle, Paul. Oh, we don't really care for you. We don't really like you. He says, Hey, I'm going to love you because I'm going to heaven with you. I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus with you. This is part of the family that I will be with forever. Therefore, let's start learning to love each other now. Let's start reaching out and bonding now. It'll pay off big time in eternity. This is the thing that drove Paul to hang on. He recognized that it took a lot of sacrifice to make us a family. Just like I'm a lot different from Paul, we're a lot different from each other. And it took a lot of sacrifice on the part of God and the part of Jesus to start blending us together into his family. It took the sacrifice of the incarnation. As Paul talks about in Philippians chapter two, it took a lot for Jesus to not grasp being on the equality with God, something to be held on to, but he emptied himself and poured himself out, becoming a human being just like us. And not stopping there, he kept on emptying himself to the point that he died just as we will all die. And not only any death, but the worst death that humans have ever concocted. It took a lot of sacrifice to make us a family. Paul goes on to say, it takes a lot of sacrifice to keep us as a family. There's a passage, and if you don't have your Bibles open, I encourage you to open whatever form you have, electronic, hard copy. Verse 15 is the one I want to really look at and focus on as we close out today. He's talked about that we're going to be raised together with each other. We're going to be brought into the presence of Jesus together. And listen to this amazing verse. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace... Grace is another word for sacrifice. Grace is a word that means I'm going to give you something that you don't deserve or someone's going to give me something that I don't deserve. It's a sacrifice. So that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Now, what Paul is saying here is that the grace that Jesus through the story of Jesus, through the gospel, extends to more and more people. That's something that motivates him in order to show that grace or to tell people of that grace. But it's more than that. It's also the grace that he has for these people. That when he comes with this group of people together, he comes to give them grace. Because he has found grace in his experience with Jesus Christ, he is able then to pass that grace on to others. It's a mission that we have in this family, is to live with each other gracefully, to let people know when they come and they're a part of this family, or even if they're on the fringes of this family, that they have our acceptance, our love, because they have the love and acceptance of Jesus Christ. We come here with a mission every time we come together. It is our mission to be people who extend the grace of God to one another. And when that happens, he says, that increases thanksgiving because we all want to be accepted. Sort of come full circle here, haven't we? I can't understand how Paul could deal with such rejection. Because just like you, I want to be accepted. I want to belong somewhere. I want for people to embrace me. I want for people to find something they like about me. And I think each of you in here wants the same thing. You want to be a part of a family where grace is extended. So we come together here and we put our arms out and say, did you know that God loves you and that he has given himself through his son for you and therefore you have my acceptance, you have my grace too. And that then abounds into thanksgiving. People are grateful whenever they come across that kind of attitude. And you know what that kind of gratitude then produces? Keep reading. More glory to God. And that is our goal as a family here. Is that we glorify the name of God. And the glory that is given to God, true worship, comes... Whenever people gather together grateful for the grace that they have received in Jesus Christ and grateful for the grace that the family has given them as well. I hope this insight into Paul's thinking that he shares with us in a difficult time of his life challenges us, challenges us to depend upon the grace that God offers, but also challenges us to be people of grace, people who reach out and give that gift of acceptance, of love, of encouragement, of grace. Paul closes out this thinking with this. This is why we don't give up. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, that inner part that touches God is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we do not look at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. We are sitting amidst a people who look at the things that are going to last forever. Who look at the things that are eternal. May we be a people who value that, who love that, and who extend grace to one another. If you want to be a part of a family like that, then the invitation is always wide open to you. Some of our leaders are going to be standing around this room. And members, if you brought a burden with you today, this is a wonderful opportunity to let your shepherds shepherd you and pray with you as we sing this song. Guests, if you would like to become a part of a family that's going to love you as the Lord loves you, then go and find one of these men. Let's be standing and sing.